Hey, I'm Sean. And I'm Jesse. And, and we're, we're the, the DMs, DMs of, of Vancouver. Vancouver. We're two newish DMs who are still getting the hang of the whole DM thing. So we sit down with a friend every couple of weeks and pick their brain on their approach to DMing. So come along as we figure out how to help our players have the best time possible at the gaming table. Hey folks, welcome to another episode of DMs of Vancouver. Uh, today we're going to be talking about drawing your players into a moment. Today we're talking to Austin Payne. How's it going, Austin? It's going really good. Uh, so Austin, how uh, tell us, how long have you been playing and running D&D and, and how did you get kind of your start? The first time I ever played was in high school um, and it was I was just a player uh, in a group of friends uh, and they just asked me if I wanted to play. Um, and we did that for like a summer and it was extremely fun. Uh, but then I didn't play again for a really long time, uh, because of just like time. And then I moved away from my town. So I didn't know anyone who could DM and that led me to then just finding like a bunch of friends who did want to play, but again, no one could DM. So then I just sort of was like, well, what if I, what if I learned and what if I did it? Um, and so I started teaching myself and then I've been DMing two campaigns for the past, uh, I guess it's almost a year and a half now. And uh, yeah, that's that's kind of like how long I've been doing it now that I've gotten back into it. Cool. And you've been enjoying it? You, you liking being a DM? It's not too crazy? Oh, no, I love it. I love it so much. How's running two campaigns going? Because that always has seemed like a lot. To me. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it can be a lot, but uh, both of my parties there's a lot of people who have like a lot of jobs or are like have a lot of stuff going on. So it kind of ends up balan- balancing itself out nicely where if another one group can't meet one weekend, the other group usually can. So it kind of like spaces it out nicely. So I usually have a game going every weekend or two. And then like, it's not like overwhelming, I guess. But then as well, one group is six people and the other is three people. And I also have it set in the same world that I've built. So I don't have to build like two separate entire like universes it's kind of the same universe potentially also both stories are going on at the same time so there's potential for that meeting up one day which could be very cool but uh yeah i I mean i tried to make it easier on myself by just having it in the same world that makes sense yeah if i was if i was running two groups in DD at the same time i would probably do something similar where they're both in the in the same world because i have enough trouble remembering stuff that's happening in my that i need to remember like for my job versus stuff that i need to remember at home like stuff i need to get done and trying to remember like two different homebrew campaigns would probably destroy me oh yeah so what kind of methods uh when you're when you want to draw your players into a moment like something something important's going on how do you draw your players into that moment so usually i i like to use music a lot with my DMing or any kind of ambient sound I can find. So I'm constantly looking for interesting music and sounds that could work with a certain moment. Um, And I try not to use the same thing too often. So I'm always looking for new ones as well. And I I often like will start with a very sort of distinct ambient sound or a song that really works. And as I like, as the moment or whatever's happening is happening, I, I, I try to be as descriptive as possible uh, and depending on what it is, uh, that can change how I would describe it. Uh, so like in, in one game, the players were going into a sort of really deep underground cavern that had a huge dark lake that was just like like still as glass um, and there was no light. And they went across this lake 
uh, in a little boat and all they had was like a single light. And it was like being just in this huge dark space with just this one light as they like slowly move across this still water. And just in the way I would explain it and try to like really talk about the different senses, I guess, like what they could see or what they couldn't see, uh, what it sounded like, if there's any smells and try to really get into the moment myself too, uh, to draw them in. Cool. And and when you're when you're playing the sounds during the session, how are, how are you managing that? Because that's something that I've tried to do. And just I usually end up going, uh, no, just during big battles, I'm going to just have a combat playlist playing off of my phone or something. How do you handle like all these like the tracks and stuff for these different moments as you're playing? I think I, just ahead of time, I, I before a session, I will bring up all of the ones I want to use. And since I use different things, I don't use like just one like site or uh, like I don't just play them off of like a playlist because I, I have like different resources. I might have to have like multiple windows open on my computer because I, I use my computer for a lot of stuff, especially because it's easy to look stuff up mid session if something is like people have an issue where they want to know a rule. So I'll have that like in front of me and I have uh, speakers connected as well that I sort of place around the table and I'll just make sure to bring up everything I know I'm going to want to use ahead of time. Uh, in little tabs. And uh, I just have to sort of be aware of what's about to happen so that I can quickly switch to whatever it is I have prepared and just start playing it, I guess. Alrighty. I really envy your ability to keep track of all of that because <laughs> I, I have difficulty with like trying to keep track of all of those little moving parts, especially when I'm also trying to deal with players and stuff like that. It's That's, that's really impressive, actually. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think... I'm kind of, it's kind of similar for me. Cause like, I found that when I'm DMing the thing that works best for me to organize all of my notes and everything is, is paper. I just, despite being like a programmer as my day job, I find it easier to, to take notes and keep track of everything in a, like a physical notebook because it's easier to just quickly add a note or like an arrow and say like, Oh yeah. And this thing happens also. And so like trying to have my, my notes and my, like my prep is also like, I'll, print stuff out and create little like folios of like here's an encounter and here's some stuff and trying to manage all of this paper and a laptop is something that i like i've tried it a a few times and i just i couldn't make it work oh man i think like i guess when i try to change to different songs sometimes i'll wait till the players are doing their own thing like they're having a conversation with each other or something that way i can just very quickly while they're doing that just like reach over and just do the quick little like switch to the different tab or to the different song kind of thing. But yeah, for the most part, I try to, I don't use a lot of uh, paper stuff only because uh, I'm often writing on the go because I commute and into work and like I spend a lot of time uh, on the subway. So I'll like write on my phone on like Google Docs uh, stuff for the, for the game. Uh, and so I, it's easy to have it all in one spot, I guess, for me. But yeah. Alrighty. Uh, so... If you find that during one of these times where you're trying to draw your player's attention or draw them into a moment, uh, do you ever find your player's attention is wandering? And if so, how do you kind of draw them back into what's going on? It doesn't happen too often, but I, I find that the most, the kind of thing that would happen the most to sort of distract the players or have their attention wander would be if uh, they start sort of joking around a lot and they uh, kind of take away from the, the, the moment, whether it's a serious one or not. Um, and they'll sort of have like a little bit of banter going. And for that, I usually just try to, for whatever's happening, try to have something happen that might catch their attention again. Uh, as an example, in a past game, 
my for my group of three players, they were talking to a night hag who had like kidnapped somebody who they needed. And things started to get a little bit like a little bit silly for the the, the moment because it was quite serious. So I decided that because uh, night hags can cast uh, sleep, uh, and one of the players was getting very snarky with with the night hag. She cast sleep on them, and that brought things back to a very serious moment because they realized that the night hag could in fact like do stuff to them, and it wasn't just like a silly moment. It was like, oh wait, this is a serious thing that's happening, and they didn't know exactly what the night hag had done right away because they didn't know what it was yet. But uh, it sort of brought things back. So like changing the stakes or like flipping things around a little bit can really bring things back. But usually my, the players are pretty drawn in. So like I don't have to do stuff like that super often. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, that, I was just going to say that's nice. And that's like uh, that is actually a really effective way, especially when dealing with NPCs to draw them back in. I'm going to have to remember that. Yeah, it's really non-lethal. <laughs> but like just a moment of like, oh, this, this is a thing that's happening. This is a serious moment probably shouldn't be uh, being too distracted. I'm curious because like, I know that sleep is something that's kind of dependent on HP and how much you've got left. Have you ever had your players, like like maybe one of them is being snarky or they're like kind of joking around a little bit and you try to draw them back in and whatever you do just kind of like bounces off because their characters were just a little bit too strong? I mean, so far, no. I mean, the sleep, sleep thing was very specific to the moment, and it kind of just popped in my head, so it, it worked quite well. But for the most part, like, uh, I won't always use like a, a thing like that to br- bring them back in, but anything that can kind of raise the stakes, so like an NPC sort of noticing that they're not being very interested in whatever's happening can change how they address the, the player and get they might get like mad or like visibly like annoyed i guess or it could depending on like who the npc is too it could just very much change how they're going to talk to the players and when you realize that the things you're doing at the table have consequences it like changes how they will uh or how quickly they'll get drawn back in i guess Alrighty. have have you ever just like completely lost your player's attention during an important moment and if you if you did like how do you get them back if you just like say for you've got you know something going on and one of the players cracks a joke and everybody is just you know laughing uproariously and you know that you've lost them for like a good 5 minutes because everybody's just going to be joking around and being silly for a bit like how do you get them how do you get them back and how do you get them back into that moment into that mindset I guess usually if that happens, and I think it has happened at least once, I, I usually give them a moment to sort of have that moment of like they're they're being silly, um, and then I'll I'll sort of tell them like okay we're gonna we're gonna get back into it, and I'll just actually let them know like we need to we need to chill out and like get into the moment again because when people have laughing fits, it's very difficult to get back in, or if they're really really feeling silly. But uh, I guess yeah, like it, it is a little bit weird, and I haven't had it happen too much, but. Just even just telling them like, hey, we gotta, we gotta play, we gotta, we have a game to play, we gotta get back into this can be enough. Yeah, I've, I've had to do that a lot in the past where I'm just like, okay, guys. I mean, I feel like typically I don't find it happens when it's really serious. Like it can happen kind of in the more of a less serious moment or a less uh, important moment. That's usually when it happens. Yeah, I find that too. And like, I think also just being able to say, okay, folks, we need to, we need to get back, get back to what we're doing. Let's, let's kind of, deal with whatever we're doing and just kind of getting the confidence to say that. And especially if 
Like I've had moments where, you know, the laughing is, it's great and all it's, it's important. It's a social activity. It's going to happen, yeah. but like, you know, it goes on for too long. Like it goes on for 10 minutes or whatever. And you're sitting there waiting for everyone else to kind of get the chuckles out. And sometimes you essentially just have to go, okay, back to the game. Come on, let's go. Yeah. 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 For the most part, it's been, it's mostly been during not super serious moments for me that that's happened. But then, uh, I think it, it, I feel like it has happened at least once in a serious moment. I think I just sort of like, yeah, told them we need to get back into it. And then once I start describing things and kind of getting into a very like a storytelling uh, moment, they, they'll listen because they want to they do want to know what's happening, um, especially if I'm giving them new information so that giving them yeah giving them something to, to listen to helps too. like something that's they should know when they realize it's something important. They'll stop and they'll be like, oh, wait, wait, this is a we need to hear this. All righty. Cool. Sean, I'm actually, I'm curious if you've had to, like, how you deal with that when that happens at your table. Most of the time, the, the like, the interruptions or, like, losing my players, when it does happen, it tends to be, like, fairly similar to what Austin was saying. Like, the, they'll, like, laugh or just be silly for a little bit, and they'll be like, okay, guys, we've got to get back into this. Like, I don't want to, like, because part of it is that, like, I, I do want to get back into into the into the session and, and, and continue going. But also, like, usually I've got a session like from when we sit down to to when we end like i've got it i know how much time we've got and i i try to keep an eye on the clock because i know that some of my players like we tend to play sunday evenings so i know that i can't like i kind of have to keep things moving along because i can't take up too much time because a couple of my players including myself have to be up monday morning to to go to work so yeah. i don't want to like keep playing until we usually end around around 9 p.m 9 30 i try to make sure that we're not playing too long because i don't want to be playing D until like 11 at night because we couldn't keep keep on track because yeah that would suck for me <laughs> So <laughs> I, I try to like, when those moments do happen, I do like, I give them a, you know, a couple seconds to, to laugh it out and make a few more jokes. And then I go, okay, guys, let's, let's get back on track. Cause uh, I don't want to, especially if it, if it happens kind of towards the end when people are a little bit more tired, I'll be like, okay, let's keep going. I want to get this finished up. If it happens towards the start of the session, I'll just be like, you know, give them a, maybe a little bit longer, but just tell them, okay, time to get back into it. Let's, let's keep going. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, so, when often, when do you think it's important to to use these kind of moments, and when is it important to let the players set the stage? Um, I guess for me, it's it's mostly if they're coming to a new place, if it's something that they haven't seen before or a person they haven't met before. I try to make sure that whatever is happening, it's it's well described and well set up, so that they have a really good sense of where they are and what's happening and the tone of the situation. Because it's uh, yeah, it's, it's not, it sucks if if the players are like, wait, so so where are we? Like, what kind of room is this? And they don't really know what's happening or where they are. So I like to make sure that they have a good sense of that before uh, moving on. And uh, it, it's 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 at those big sort of climactic moments too, where like if they they're they're fighting something really big or something really scary or like they're meeting a, a villain for the first time, I try to make sure that those moments are the ones that have impact. But then. Once that's over and they have the information they need, I, I, I'll let them like take more of uh, the control of like if they want to do something or describe something uh, that they're doing. Uh, I just make sure that like the, the setup for each bit has as much information and descriptive information as possible without being like heavy. Alrighty. And when, when the players do 
take the stage for those like they want to monologue at the at the big bad evil person um, before they get into battle and stuff like that. Is there anything that you do? Like, do you have like do you keep the music playing or do you uh, get the NPCs to to play along? Because like I kind of feel like the the moments where the players want to take center stage are for me at least they're a little bit rare. Like they tend to be a little bit more passive like they'll just go along with the story and 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 whatever the npcs are saying and all this kind of stuff and they they'll have input stuff and want to say stuff according to what their characters feel but they don't often want to be like yes it is my turn to take center stage and you know say a speech about how we are righteous and destroying evil and stuff like this how do you like help the players feel like when they when they're in the moment that they're you know feeling big and powerful and important and, and all that stuff. Cause that's, that's something that I've had trouble with. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I have similar situation in that it doesn't happen to me su- or in my game super often. I have lots of players who are a little bit more timid. My, my six player group, because there's a lot of, uh, there's six of them. It's, I, f- I find it's rarer in that group that people want to take center stage. Cause I feel like it's, it's a bigger crowd of people and they don't know if like they want to take the spotlight from other people. But my three player group that happens a lot more and they're also it's also just a, a rowdier group in general. Uh, so they will have those moments quite a lot. And it's, it's often really great moments of role play between the characters where they will step up and start having some interesting conversation or they'll start talking to an NPC um, and creating like an interesting moment that way. And sometimes I, if I have if I have something prepared or if I have something that I know I can use, I might change the music or like use a different, yeah, use a different song if I have something that I can think of. Because uh, when those moments happen, I guess you don't know they're going to happen. But if I can think in the moment, like oh, I have this this song that's like really good for a tense moment, I'll switch to it if I can. Otherwise, I, I kind of like trying to encourage them to do it in in general or to to feel okay with those moments. I don't, I, I mean, I try not to pressure anybody, of course. And I try to, if I can set up a moment for a particular character to have a moment to like say something interesting or have a, like a spotlight moment, I just try to like figure out if there's a moment in the, in the story that that would work for, I guess. And like set up something for them to say, or for someone to talk to them. Do you ever work with a player away from the table to be like, Hey, in this session coming up, there might like this is a possibility like this thing happening is a possibility and when it happens i'm i want you to take center stage into like you know for your i feel like it'd be an important moment for your character and they they should like say something even if it's just like a couple of sentences like do you ever tell the player that you basically want to hand the mic over to them for a little bit i've only done that uh once so far and that was when uh, one of my players uh she was playing her character in two different games and she'd gotten a little further along with that character in the other game she was playing that wasn't mine. And she had decided that she wanted to bring in a new character to my game. And so we discussed outside of the game how she would want to do that. And I said, hey, do you want to like, I could tell you what's going to happen next. And then you do, that could be how you introduce your character because it was, uh, they were going to go fight. Well, they, the players didn't know it yet, but they were, they were tracking a frost giant who was raising a baby white dragon. And we had decided that because she decided she wanted to play a uh, bugbear that this bugbear was sort of like a slave to the frost giant. And so she got to like kind of know a little bit what was happening. And then that way she was able to build up how she wanted to introduce herself to the party 
Um, and I like let her know like, hey, if you want, I can tell you what's going to happen next so that you can plan this so that your your new introduction for your new character can be really impactful. And she was super on board with it. Because that's funny because that's the last time that I told the player like, okay, you're going to have center stage and like we should figure out how this is going to happen was kind of a similar situation where one of my players in the previous session, her character had died. And so she had rolled up a new character and, and we needed to introduce this new character and Luckily enough, there was, I was able to like, they had ended the previous session at a spot where it would be easy to like, just introduce this new character right at the start of this, of the next session. And so like, I was able to work with her and figure out just like, like give her some tips around, like we, we sorted out like her backstory and stuff. And based on her backstory, like, oh, this might be how she introduces herself to this, to the new party. And it was basically like, her, her new character had had came from another continent and had been having visions about the party. And so like when she introduced herself, she already, she already felt like she knew all the characters. And so it was this really kind of funny moment of her being like, no, knowing all the new, all the characters and, but them not knowing her and, and, and she, the, the player did a really good job of playing that up. And, and so, yeah, I think. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So the, the, I think those, those are probably going to be the most common times where a DM wants to, to let the player know ahead of time that they're going to be center stage because, you know, they're introducing a new character. It's kind of a natural place for the DM to say like, okay, here's a little bit of information about what's coming up so that you can introduce your character at the best time for you. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I feel like if that was to happen um, without a player, like bringing in a new character, it would probably, I mean, I would need basically something to happen that maybe brought up some of the player's backstory or something that they were very interested in that would then allow them to have that spotlight moment. And I think if it was a player I knew wasn't the most comfortable with those on-the-spot things, I would let them know, like, hey, this is, something's coming up and I'm going to let you know that, like, you're going to be put in a position where you might need to explain stuff or talk a lot if you're not comfortable, like, I'm just letting you know ahead of time. And if you don't want to do it, I can change things because that can happen. And I have some, I have some timid players who probably would uh, appreciate the heads up. You know, it's, it's interesting. Cause I've never, I've never had to tell a player, Oh, we have, you know, something kind of concerning your character coming up uh, unless they asked me first. Mm, yeah. But like, I've always found that it like, for me, I mean, it usually either comes up very naturally or, and you know, this was a group, the group I was playing with, we were all like very experienced playing for a decade kind of thing. Oh, yeah. So like, I didn't really have to give them a heads up. I could just be like, oh, and oh, hey, this person from your past is here and is trying to kill you. Most of the time they had already thought about what they wanted to do in, in that situation if this person ever showed up again. Oh, yeah. But I did have a player like at one point ask me to set up more stuff for her character because she was feeling like she wasn't getting those character moments. And, you know, so I, it, we didn't, we ended up stopping the game before we got to it, but I was writing up a whole adventure that kind of focused on her backstory. Uh, I think, yeah, for me, a lot of my players are pretty new. So sometimes I feel like they don't know that they're, they're allowed to like have their, have their moments. I think sometimes they, they do kind of like just sort of play along with whatever's going on, like without realizing that they can, if they want, like really step up and do something. I, I do try to encourage it when I can, but like I, I've so far not had to do it outside of the game really so much. Uh, but except for when the the one player wanted to uh, change characters, and uh, we we kind of discussed how that could be a really fun uh, fun moment for them. 
So what what kinds of moment like like a big horror moment or having a big dramatic moment like what what kinds of moment work best for these like either for you as the DM or when you've the few times that your players have uh, had the spotlight what what kind of moments do you find work best for for these kind of more impactful moments. I said moment um, a lot there. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I think definitely either the start of a encounter with something really interesting or like dangerous or when they enter a new place. So like in my first game, one of the really uh, interesting, impactful moments was they, they ended up in the Feywild by accident. And since it was a lot of new players, most of them didn't know what that was. So getting to describe the Feywild with like this very sort of uh, ethereal uh, magical music playing is super fun uh, and was super cool for them. So like not just like a scary or intense moment, but like something just a moment of wonder, I find, can be like really fun for me to uh, describe. I also find that in during combat, I like to really explain what's happened when they succeed with like, or even when they fail uh, to attack something. Uh, rather than just saying like, oh yeah, you hit, I will, I'll describe to them like how it happens, like from either like the perspective of them or the group as it's like a super like, quick example. If they're fighting something and like they swing their sword, like I'll describe like how, how they swing the sword, uh, how it hits, what the reaction of the creature is, any kind of like cool description of like the attack in general. Uh, and I find that they really like that because it gives them a feeling of like they are doing the thing. It's not just like, Oh, I hit it, and then they move on, and it definitely gives more of a sense of uh, what's the word? Uh, there's a more weight to the situation, I guess. If things aren't going well, like it's not just like oh, I'm not hitting. It's like oh no, like it's 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 beating us. We're hurt, getting hurt. Uh, we're not hurting it, and uh, it can be it can also be really good for comedy too. Because there was an early game where they kept rolling ones to hit things and describing exactly how they failed made it sound like the most hilarious like slapstick comedy moment of them just trying to hit things and just not hitting anything and it it created a really good memory because they'll often bring up remember that time that we were literally just flailing around trying to hit stuff and falling over and couldn't like hit anything and because i was able to give them that description they do remember it as a funny moment not just like oh we weren't hitting it that makes sense, and I and, and I like that because that is something that you know sometimes players just have a run of of bad luck, and you know and it won't just be one person, or it's 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 worse when it's just one person. But when everybody's having trouble hitting, like nobody seems to be able to roll above a ten, and they're just you know not having any luck, and everybody's feeling a little bit down. But if you're describing it in a way that like makes it sound like not taking agency away, like not making their characters just silly or stupid or hung over for all of a sudden for no reason but like making it sound like yeah this is just how things happen this time and you know giving it that comedic bent so that everybody's just like okay yeah this is this is a little bit silly the dice hate me right now so let's just go with it yeah and combat like description and rp during combat is the thing i think i need to work on most as a dm like it, it really feels like and i think we talked about with this with ryan a few weeks ago it feels like almost we enter combat mode and it's just no, there's no RP at the table generally, unless unless the players are really pushing for it. And I need to, as a DM, work more on being like, yeah, you miss and this is what that looks like. Or they hit and this is what that looks like. I need, I need to do more descriptive 
stuff during combat. Last question, Jesse. Oh, right. So, Austin. Yeah. Uh, if you could go back in time to when uh, you were first about to DM, what would you what would you tell yourself? What piece of advice would you give yourself? Oh man, that's an intense question. <laughs> oh man, I, I know. I think I think relax <laughs> would be good. Because uh, when I first started, I was super nervous about it, and I, I definitely like like yeah. Looking back to when I first started, I can I can really see how how much I changed and improved. And I think I mean I almost always want to tell myself to like do more research first because there's a lot of stuff that I missed when I first started and I didn't do that. I'm like, Oh man, like I did, I forgot that rule and I did that thing. But I think, yeah, the main thing would be to, I would want to tell myself to chill out a little bit and have more fun. Cause I think I was so nervous about making it work that sometimes I didn't enjoy myself almost at first, but I was really determined to make sure that I could do a good job. So I, like, I took it really seriously at first, but now I've, now that I've gotten used to it, I'm much more relaxed. Um, and because of that, it's allowed me to be a lot more on the ball with uh, if I need to improv something on the spot or come up with something on the spot, I can now. Whereas when I started, I couldn't because I was very like nervous and I, I felt like I needed to know everything already, but I didn't need to. I don't know. That's almost contradicting because it's like I didn't know a lot, but I guess like I didn't need to. I don't know. That's a, that's a weird question. I feel like, yeah, just, I feel like I should have just, I'd like to tell myself to relax a little bit and uh, enjoy it more at the start. I mean, it makes sense to me. I feel the same way. It's uh, it's easier to RP and stuff when you're kind of relaxed and a, a bit less stressed out. But when you're like not expecting someone to ask you a question and you're really hyper-focused and kind of tense about doing something, it can just completely make you collapse on the spot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so thank you so much for uh, coming on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Definitely been a couple of things that I think I'm going to try with my players especially now that i'm on roll 20 it's actually easier to queue up music and have music ready for ready for these kind of moments where i want to have something playing in the background so i think i'm going to give it a shot again now that all of my focus is on a computer and not spread across a whole bunch of notes and notebooks and stuff like that so i i've definitely learned something and i hope hope our listeners got some good stuff too yeah i think like yeah, you can do it sean we believe it yeah. Yeah, there's lots of there's lots of different resources for like sound and audio that I've found that it like help a lot with just having something ready on the spot. And I think yeah, it's super super fun when you get when you have like a little stash of like here's all my sounds you can just dig into. I've got a stash of of images now that I'm on roll twenty for like characters and like setting. Like here's a bird's eye view of a of a city street or like here's a a landscape or something so that I can just like throw that into roll 20 to be like, and here's kind of, you know, a mood board of what this city street looks like, or here's what a character looks like. But I I need to start gathering up, need to start gathering up some music and create some playlists in roll 20 so that I'm ready for these kind of dramatic moments where I want to have some music going. Yeah, definitely. You just made me think of something that I do sometimes is uh, I have like a lot of my players are artists. Like I think almost, no, all my players are artists uh, in, in animation in some way or in comics. So sometimes after a game, if there's a character that might be reoccurring, if one of the players really enjoyed like interacting with them, I will ask them like, hey, do you want to draw them? And they're like, oh, yeah, give me some description. And I'll like send them a message of like what the character looks like. And then they'll draw it up. Uh, and then I can like they can post it in our group chat and be like, oh, yeah, this is a, you know, we, I drew the, the character that we met. And 
it kind of makes everyone go like, oh, nice. And like, we kind of see how, how they might look. Like one of my players drew up a pirate captain who is a, she's like a half work pirate captain who she met. Uh, she was one of the NPCs. And uh, that was really cool to see how excited she was about it, that she wanted to draw it. I am so jealous that you have players that, that not only have the talent, but are excited to do that for you. <laughs> yeah, me, me too. Like um, Haley plays with us and she's obviously an artist. She's the only one and it's, it gets to be a lot to ask her to, you know, illustrate an NPC or something like that. Oh yeah. Usually it's, it's, it's mostly like they, they also already kind of want to do it and they'll be like, Oh, if you want to draw it, like I'll tell you what they look like. And they'll be like, Oh yeah. Um, I have a lot of players who will like do little doodles during the game in their sketchbooks and then post them later of like just fun moments that happened. Um, and that like makes my heart glow. I get so excited. That's really awesome. Uh, that's yeah. so cool. <laughs> All right. Uh, Austin, where can people find you online? Um, online on Twitter. I'm at dev. It's spelled D E V E like dog, elephant, Vermont elephant. Some people, some people, the, all the letters sound the same when you say them fast. So I try to explain it easily. But yeah, that's my Twitter handle. Um, on Instagram, I'm French underscore fart. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, on Tumblr, I'm French dash fart. So that's that's all. All right. Those are all the places you can find me. All righty. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Perhaps we'll have you on again sometime if you'd like. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be awesome. Um, all right. So uh, thank you to Haley Boros for our art. And yeah. <laughs> our uh, theme music is Overworld by Kevin McLeod. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at DMs of Vancouver. You can find me at Jesse the Red on Twitter. And you can find Sean at Sean P. Hagen on Twitter. And we've got a Patreon, DMs of, uh, patreon.com slash DMs of Vancouver. All the money goes to trying to make this thing as awesome as possible. Yeah. If you like the show, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and any podcatcher. I believe Sean is working on getting us on Spotify. Um, and if you enjoy the show, please you know rate and review and let your friends know about us. Thanks so much. Bye. 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 Bye.